Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Today I'm initiating a new feature to my podcast, a series of weekly sermons. I intend this message to be welcoming to people of all faiths and those who don't identify with any faith tradition at all. These sermons, however, will be based on biblical passages and come from a Christian perspective. I still hope everyone can find meaning and comfort in the application of the scripture. May God bless you today as we hear the story of Jesus calming the storm on the Sea of Galilee, found in Matthew 8, 23-27. When Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. A windstorm arose on the sea, so great that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was dead calm. And they were amazed, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Recently, I felt moments of panic when I wanted to cry out, Jesus, wake up! We're dying here! In the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, it feels like I'm living a dream, more like a nightmare. And Jesus, or my faith in him, is nowhere to be found sometimes. My heart starts pounding. I guess that's how Jesus must have felt when he cried out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We can be forgiven those moments of panic and lapses in faith. It's allowed. These are scary times in many ways. God seems silent and distant. Sometimes we need to cry out. Those of us who rely on physical church for comfort are literally cut off from our community of faith and sharing Christ's presence in the bread and the wine that we experience in communion. And many of us are cut off from the physical presence of those we love. And many are separated from jobs and their source of income. God understands our panic attacks right now. Jesus' disciples suffered just such a panic attack in a storm on the Sea of Galilee. They were in a life-threatening situation on an unpredictable body of water known for producing waves that could easily swamp the type of small fishing boat in which they were sailing. I can picture Jesus waking up to their cries, rubbing the sleep out of his eyes and saying, What's the deal? What are you afraid of? And then adding occasionally in the words of the King James Version of the Bible, Oh, ye of little faith. Over the years I've heard and preached many sermons on this passage, Usually the O ye of little faith is described as Jesus giving the disciples a good scolding. Scolding because they didn't have enough faith. Well, maybe he was scolding them, maybe not. Maybe he was just crabby because they woke him from a good nap. Whether he was scolding them or not, one thing is certain. He calmed the storm and saved them. Like I said, even Jesus would later experience a crisis of faith on the cross and God saved him. One of the first things that I take away from this story is the message that we're not alone in our moments of panic. Panic is a normal and necessary human reaction. When we perceive a threat to our lives or our welfare, 
Our body's endocrine systems give us a healthy shot of hormones that give us extra strength and spur us to action. And when we don't know how to act to save ourselves, we cry out for help. At least I haven't woken up screaming, at least yet. When I cry out in panic, it doesn't take me long to come to my senses and settle down. The thing that can settle me down the quickest is the knowledge that I'm not alone. None of us is truly alone. Most of us are fortunate enough to have family and friends to rely on. Those of us who are work, of working age have our work families. In a less intimate sense, we have the company of people who we've invited into our homes through television and other media. In America, we have a citizenry bound together in a society where we look out for each other. We're beginning to see that more and more. From what I have seen, we're being united by this crisis, not divided. And we have the company of people around the world who are sharing our hardships and our hopes. We are not alone. We have billions of people with us in this boat. A word of caution here. Those of us who do have a sense of community and companionship need to be on the lookout for those who are truly isolated and lonely. I think first of all of the residents of nursing homes and the mentally ill living on the streets. I think of older people sitting home alone and scared. It is our responsibility to find ways to be with them. With all the social media platforms, we can and are getting creative. We have the resources to keep everybody connected if we have the will to do it. And that can be a win-win. When we are there with other people, they're there with us. For people of faith, we found another companion. Now, you may know him as Jesus, Jesus Christ. In the Bible, he is named Emmanuel, which means God with us. He never leaves us by ourselves. That's what he's about. The risen Christ never leaves our side. Through faith and the Holy Spirit, you can always experience his presence. Now, if you haven't experienced Christ in your life, think of it this way. The Apostle Paul speaking to a community of faith that he had just formed, a city and church in Corinth, he looked out at those people and said, you are the body of Christ. I take that you to mean the church, but I also take it to mean all of the caring communities of which we are a part. Christ is in the midst of all loving communities. Also, Christ is in you. Martin Luther said that each of us are to be little Christs for each other. When someone looks at you and sees God's love embodied in you, you are a little Christ. And a little Christ goes a long way. People are craving that presence. Yesterday I called a young woman just to check in with her and have a chat. And she said, you know, I've been having a rough day. But I feel a little better just having somebody to talk to. Sometimes that's all it takes. The next thing that I take away from this story is the disciples' cries for help are heard. Jesus wakes up. 
Now, I know this kind of contradicts Psalm 121, where it says, Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God on earth for us, uh, he was asleep on the job or asleep at the tiller, to use a nautical term. Now, don't let this throw you. Throughout the Bible, Jesus often surprises us with his humanity. Although he was the most compassionate person to ever walk this earth, he had his moments. He can be impatient and harsh. Like that time the Canaanite woman, suffering from a demon, takes a shot at him for denying her healing because she wasn't a Jew. And she says, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus says, well, you got me. And he heals her. I appreciate the humanity of Jesus. Because he was a human being, I can relate to him. He truly suffered. He experienced the full range of emotions that you and I do, including fear and panic. I need somebody on my level to struggle right alongside me. When we're scared and hurting, It doesn't help to be with someone who seems to have it all figured out and assumes that we should too. When Jesus says, ye of little faith, he's speaking the truth. Our faith is weak, and that's why we need him. In part of his explanation of the Apostles' Creed, Martin Luther says, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. We can't even have faith in Christ on our own. We need his power and the power of the Holy Spirit just to come to him. So go ahead, cry out from your own place of suffering. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You'll discover that he hasn't. Okay, here's what we've learned so far from the story of Jesus calming the storm. First, it's natural and it's okay to call out in our time of need. Second, we are not alone in this perilous time. Third, God hears our cries. But now comes the most important part. In this story, Jesus calms the storms and rescues them from danger. Do you see where I'm going here? Through the assurance that we are not alone and the promise that God listens, The storm is calmed. We're still in a small boat in a vast and changeable sea, but we now have our wits about us again. Storms happen and storms pass, and we sail on until the next one hits. Then we do it all over again, and each time we repeat this pattern, our faith is reinforced. God has been present for us in the past, And God will be here for us in the future. Even though I know this is a big storm. I think this image can help us deal with the uncertainty in our lives right now. It's a time for us to turn to our faith and to one another for comfort and support. Then we will be calm enough to do our part to get this leaky boat to shore. Your part may be carrying on with your work to provide essential services and keep our economy afloat, and God bless you for that. 
Your part may be homeschooling your kids. Or your part may be getting groceries for your elderly neighbor. But your part may simply be staying at home so that you not only protect yourself, but so you don't put a burden on the health care system to care for you. In the long days ahead, we will all have time to turn to Scripture. And I'll be sharing more with you in the future devotions and sermons. For now, hear these storm-calming words of Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time and forevermore. Personally, I'm going to keep reading those words over and over until they're etched on my heart. You can too. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. We are Israel. God has been awakened by our cries. Speaking of Israel, I received a call yesterday from my friend Johnny in Jerusalem. Johnny's been our guide on many tours of the Holy Land. And he said that his family is fine, quarantined at home like many of us. And Johnny says that he prays for us. So let us pray for him, for his family, and for the holiest city in the world from where our help first came. Have faith. You are not alone. God's blessings and peace to you. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Check back regularly for sermons and devotions. And please invite your friends and family to join me as well. God bless you. This is Pastor Jim Melvin reminding you 